Okay, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, goofballs and scumbags. Whether you are our manager who still has their job, Ole gonna show start. Or whether, you know, you've gone fishing. You know who you are, we'll get to that. But of course, first things first, y'all know what time it is. It's time for the Football Mystics, episode 65. <laughs> I am your host, of course, LV, a.k.a. Paper Fronto, a.k.a. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, a.k.a. Buck Nasty, a.k.a. Don Francisco Presenta. And I do have with me, of course, the one, the only, Mr. Misfits himself, the man behind the Instagrams, the man behind the graphics. Y'all know him as Ronnie, and so do we. Ronnie, say what's up for the one time. What's good to my people out there, Colmado de la Trenti, say <laughs> Stay strong, be brave. <laughs> and it wouldn't be the football misfits unless we were at full strength, which means we are also joined by the one, the only, you know him best as the Spencyclopedia Britannica, the man with the Googles, the data desk. He'll catch you lying if you're saying some bullshit. You should best believe. Y'all know him as Spencer, and uh, for the most part, so do we. Spencer, say what's good for the one time. What's going on, everybody? Peace and love, peace and love. Spencyclopedia Presenta. And we got a good, ooh, ooh, look at that. <laughs> okay, it should be, I mean, it should be a good pod today for the most part, aside from the fact that I, I am the sad Spurs fan. That, of course, we will get to when we get to that. Uh, we like to do favorite matches of the week, even though this was a week full of some headlines, but I guess we'll keep it simple. Ronnie, favorite match of the week? I'm going to give you the two on Wednesday that were the biggest shockers. First, um, Borussia Mönchengladbach wiping the floor with Bayern Munich and the DFB Pokal. You you think that because it was a cup game, you know, it's not like when Premier League teams play in the FA Cup where they play like a weaker squad. This was a Bayern Munich team who had everybody, all of their top gunners. From Neuer and goal, the usual back four with the lights of Davies and Pava and Upamecano. You had Goretzka and Kimmich in the midfield. You had Lewandowski, Muller, and Gnabry. They all collectively took an ass whooping to Borussia Mönchengladbach. Five, nothing. Scoring started off the rip in the second minute. And then they just added... Two more goals before the half. And I'm like, okay, this game is over, over. And for good measure, Braille and Bumo had himself a brace in about eight minutes. I couldn't fathom. This strong Bayern Munich side got washed. But you brought up a good point. They're due for a five-piece at least once a season. They love that shit for some reason. <laughs> but uh, allegedly, this is their worst match on paper, I guess. Uh, I guess the scoreline, at least, because they'll at least score one. But yeah, they, they it's a, usually around this time of year, too. <laughs> That's the funny thing. It's ridiculous. And in recent years, if they're getting their asses knocked out of the poll call, is in the second round, which this match was part of the second round last time around. They lost to Holstein Kiel of the Zweite Liga. It was a Bayern that were just trash. Munching Gladbach played them out the park. Everyone was on their ones and twos. Um, but they picked up the pieces and they scored five on the weekend, Bayern did against Union Berlin. But they did concede two in the league. Five two final there, five nothing here. Um and then we got to talk about the match that got Ronald Koeman set because I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. Woohoo! My boys. <laughs> <laughs> Rayo Vallecano. Air horns for them, please. Air horns. Let's go. Barcelona took back to back L from teams from Madrid El Clásico and Vallecano. Radamel Falcao Garcia El Tigre. Scored in the 30th minute. That was all they needed. one nothing final there. But another pivotal moment, however, was when Memphis Depay went up for a penalty. 
and it was saved by the goalkeeper, Stol Dimitrievsky. Got a shout to him. He saved Memphis Depay penalty, which could have put Barcelona at level terms. And then he even saved the follow-through to the point where he got kneed in the side of the head. But homeboy held it down, and Rayo Vallecano defeated Barcelona 1-0. And as much as I was saying that Rayo got Coleman sacked, you, you might could say Sergio does got him sacked because for the second game in a row, he missed an absolute sitter. Had he I mean, made it and had Depay made the penalty, would he still have a job? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, could it, could it have been worse than the El Clasico miss? Because that was nuts. It was it was just as bad. The goal's right in front of you, and you airmailed it. <laughs> but at the same time, why do you have that man who plays in defense in the right wing? It seems like those are the questions that uh, uh, lose your job. <laughs> oh, man. We're good to your game of the week. What would you make of the sacking? Okay. Uh, well, first things first, I think uh, it was absolutely going to happen at some point. Um, it could have happened earlier, honestly. Um, we should know, it have happened earlier? Should it have? Absolutely. Um, I think so. Uh, they've been pretty – Barcelona has been pretty pitiful after a – I wouldn't say decent start, but, you know, some okay play from, you know, some noted players. Obviously, you mentioned Memphis and things like that. But, yeah, I think uh, this was lost from the jump from the moment uh, I think Laporta said, yeah, Coleman's not our guy, and then backtracked and said, yes, he is. Um, so it, it was, it was done from the jump, I think. And, um, maybe, maybe they could have caught, maybe they could have saved themselves some points had they got rid of them a bit sooner, but, uh, it, you, you assume that maybe they were waiting for the right man to pick. I'm hearing could allegedly be Chavi Hernandez. Is he the right man as well? I don't know, but. Hey man, Al Saad is like, no, 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 no. He is our guy. Well, that's the thing. So, I mean. And apparently he's dying for the jobs, uh, reportedly, so they say. Uh, but, yeah, it should have absolutely happened sooner to answer your question. Uh, but, yeah, here we are. It's October, a couple months into the season, and uh, Ronald Koeman is officially without a job. Yeah, man. I think um, he should have never left the Dutch team because he was probably working on something special with them. But Barcelona is always appealing because, you know, he played for the club – He's a club icon. We could we could respectfully say that on the field at least. Now, I I heard some good conversations in regards to Komen, uh, and one of the main questions was that has he ever been a good manager? Ooh, this is a very good question. Well, at in charge of the national team, he was very good. So I'm not gonna sit here and say um when he was managing the Dutch team they were pitiful. No, they were really good. Um, in his stints at like Everton and Southampton, and eh. before that in the Dutch league, those might could be questionable. Yeah, um, I think uh, I read that the last time he he won something on a club level was uh, well, he won the Eredivisie way back when, and this is like two thousand one <laughs> with Ajax. Um, he won the Eredivisie. He won the Eredivisie. There we go. And that was in without that was with Valencia. No, that was with Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah, Barcelona. There you go. An interesting Copa del Rey. Um so yeah, fair enough. He's got he's got a couple and he also won it with Valencia in 07, 08. But uh he and he won the Air Divisie with uh PSV. But I mean this doesn't look like the you know, the resume of a manager that should be at Barcelona. But eh, Barcelona is not necessarily Barcelona at the moment either, so they look like they got CTE. <laughs> Boy. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, Can he should have been the... the manager at Barcelona. That felt like a panic hire. And here we go with Spencer with some data, clearing up all the false rumors and the bullshit. Uh, Spencer says that he was a runner-up at the UEFA Nations League. But that goes to him being a good manager with the Dutch national team. That was mm. right after the Dutch didn't make the World Cup. Yep. Maybe he should make his way back there. I mean, uh, nah, man, they got Van Hal for the long haul. They are Van Hal. Wow, that was bars. You didn't even know it. That's crazy. 
<laughs> oh, check me out. Air horns. <laughs> um, to put a pin on Coleman in Barcelona. Um, for the time being, they have Sergi Barjuan as the interim. He is the current manager of Barca B. Um, Xavi, whether or not he comes in this season, I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe. They'll be so pissed that Luis Enrique is Spanish manager because he is the right man they need to bring back. But he's, yeah, he's man. Greener, greener grass. He's having a blast running six marathons and, you know, shit like that. With a youthful Spanish team. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. There we go. But back to um, the topic at hand. LV, what was your favorite match of the weekend or the week? Okay, so I've got two as well, both in the Premier League. The first one being, this one will be quick, Man City versus Crystal Palace. Interesting result, if you will. Uh, you know, the, the citizens who are, ch- you know, just like Liverpool are chasing Chelsea right now for the top spot, uh, have been, for the most part, you know, pretty good, pretty informed, if you will. Um, now, all that would come to an end uh, when they met Crystal Palace and... Uh, I think the thing about this is this London club is really showing their teeth. Uh, aside from, you know, having lost to Chelsea, they spanked Spurs. We remember that. <laughs> um, and they would they would really play Man City, I think, to a T. They wouldn't possess the ball. They knew that from the jump. City are going to hold the ball. But I think Man City's striker woes showed in this match. They just couldn't get someone who's going to get on it at the end, edge of the box and, you know, make it happen for them. They keep the possession as they always do. And then, of course, Amrick Laporte would make things just a bit worse for them just uh, before halftime as he was sent off with a red card. But before that, of course, Wilfred Zaha, the man, you know, in South London, Crystal Palace, we get a goal early on. And I think that just kind of opened things up for, for Crystal Palace there. Uh, KDB would have to come off shortly after, uh, you're assuming because of the red card, or maybe he felt something, you know, I don't know. But he would come off and... From there, I mean, you figure maybe City will get will get something there. They almost looked like they were trying to lose the game. And in the 88th minute, that kind of became a reality as Conor Gallagher banged one in. <laughs> all of a sudden, Crystal Palace up 2-0, and the game was all but over. Three points to see PFC and City, you know, sit third now because of that loss. Um, so that was one of them. And the second one, the team sitting just above them, I mentioned them earlier, their name is Liverpool. And they came against uh, Brighton Hove Albion. A team that everybody's like, man, are they are they actually good? What's going on? Now, Liverpool would start this game on the front foot, and it looked like it was going to be easy street, as some of the commentators were saying. Looked like shades of Man United last week, winning 5-0. Uh, Jordan Henderson gets a goal, and you know when he scores, it's like, you know, he's got the big teeth, the smile. He's celebrating. Everybody's happy, yada, yada, yada. Um, and from there, you, you, you thought, uh-oh. You know, they kicked things off early, fourth minute. Uh, Saudi Omani would add another one just 20 minutes later, and all of a sudden, Brighton are like, well, we're pretty good of a squad, but these guys are on fire right now. Uh, but that would not be the case. Graham Potter coaching a hell of a team. Uh, they would get a goal back in the 41st minute, courtesy of Enoch Mwepu. And I think the, the thing about Brighton, you know, you'll see Crystal Palace get a smash and grab win against City. But the difference between Brighton and teams like Crystal Palace, in my opinion, is that they really bring it to teams. They exploit whatever weaknesses you may have. Um, in this case, I think it was in the midfield for Liverpool with Fabinho missing. And I think Jordan Henderson just having to do a lot more of the work that he, you know, than he should, doing a lot more covering, leaving the midfield a bit open. And after, you know, Brighton's first goal, they were on it time and time and time again. Now, Liverpool didn't back down either. Mo Salah would get a goal that would be called offsides. And just after that, Leandro Trossard with a poof, with a golazo um, in the 65th minute, and all of a sudden we're tied up, 2-2. Shortly after that, I think Trossard would get another goal, but it would be called offsides. And uh, it was just very positive from Brighton, from, you know, beside, aside from conceding two goals in under 30 minutes. But after that moment, they really woke up and turned it up to a couple gears. And, I mean, Liverpool didn't look the best, as I mentioned, their midfield woes. Fabinho needs to come back as soon as possible. I don't even know where he went. <laughs> My son is gone. Um, but match would finish 2-2, uh, Brighton, Liverpool. And, yeah, hell of a match. Very entertaining stuff. Love to see it. Yeah, that was very entertaining. I didn't want to talk about this game when I saw him on Saturday. But um, 
Holy <laughs> Brothers. There we go. Jurgen Klopp had some praise for I Brian. I could talk so a little bit him. about a game. Ooh. I could talk oh, a little bit oh, about oh. a game. I could talk about the five nothing win against Man United. So <laughs> <laughs> As our uh, uh, resident Ole In guy uh, chimes in, Spencer's saying, keep that man. And I guess my team is saying the same thing, allegedly. God damn it. But, I mean, anywho, um, those are my two matches, uh, both Premier League. Uh, shall we stay in the Prem? Uh, I think we should just stay in the Prem, get it over with. God damn it. You just you call Spencer the resident Ole In expert, and um, the players took it to heart. Three-piece on Tottenham. Cavani, Ronaldo, and Rashford all scoring. And yeah, Ole's job is secure. But if you ask me, it was going to be secured whether or not Spurs washed them. Let's be honest. I mean, I think I'm inclined to agree with you. I don't know. Uh, last week I did say that my hot take was that he'd be sacked. But I guess whatever new photos he has of the Glazers prevails, fam, he got the dirt. It's like the Watergate scandal. He knows something that we don't. I don't know. Because this man is untouchable. And obviously beating Spurs 3-0 would, would add to his case. Uh, the perfect man team is for him Teflon. to play. Man Big. Yep, the Teflon's down over here. Um, yeah, you know, losing to Spurs 3-0 would absolutely help his case. The, a team who at the moment is, as I said last week, goes from good to bad to worse to good to who to what to where. And uh, it was more of that as the match started. And to be fair, United didn't have the best game themselves, uh, in my opinion. Looking at it from the biased Spurs perspective, uh, both teams were pretty ass lately in the midfield, ass in the uh, in the defense. Uh, but Man United would be boosted by Rafael Varane making his return. Of course, it would be against my Spurs. Of course, right? Um, but I think this match was just about whose attackers could convert. And with Harry Kane, you know, looking like he's on vacation on the pitch, it wasn't going to be him. It'd have to come down to Son or Lucas and. Lucas is a human pinball, but Cristiano Ronaldo said, don't worry, I'll take care of all that. Opens the scoring with a beautiful volley uh, off of his right foot. Just There's nothing anybody could have done about that. It was a world-class finish from the top. Terrible defending in the lead-up to the goal. Ronaldo make things 2-0 much you know, in short succession. However, he'd be called off sides. Man, the way he scored that goal, he deserved to keep it. It was a banger. <laughs> um, but he would he would uh he would set up Cavani later on in the match to make it 2-0. And from there, I think it was over with. Uh I think the thing about this match though is I mean Ronnie's t- told the score, really not much else there. Uh but the main things about it was that the crowd's reaction. It was at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and folks uh were kind of it seemed like Everything that's been coming up to this point, whether you want to go as far as this past summer or before when last season when Mourinho was sacked before the cup final, or maybe you want to go all the way back to the Champions League final loss and Pochettino getting sacked shortly thereafter. But we won't, I won't bore you with the details. Um, but the fans was giving Nuno some hell saying, you don't know what you're doing. Chanting, you don't know what you're doing. Um, you know, the Levy out chants were also uh, very much there as the United away section was just having a blast, much like Kenny Douglas was having a blast last week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, the, the 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 trash bag match ends with uh, Ole securing his position for now. And Nuno very much not securing his position, as there's been reports that Spurs have been having emergency meetings over the past couple of hours uh, since after the match, which was yesterday. Um, and... Um, are allegedly, based on reports, who knows, could this be true, Could it could be fake, that uh, they are looking to replace Nuno and might do might have done so as soon as today or tomorrow, UK time, who knows when. Uh, nothing obviously is set in stone, but yeah, Nuno, um, he looked like he was trying to beat uh, Frank De Boer for the shortest tenure in the Premier League, but at the moment still has his job. What do you guys think? The man needs time. Like, that's all I got to say. The man, I think he needs time. Whether or not he lost the locker room, which is what people are saying, you've said it. Whether or not he's getting his tactics wrong, which apparently you can say he has because he took off Lucas when you could have taken off Harry Kane who hasn't done shit. I mean, I don't know. I would give him time personally. 
I think, uh, I mean, on paper, theoretically, I think we're on the right time is, you know, needed. He's been on the job, you know, barely had a preseason, uh, you know, barely had time to get some players in that he wanted. They did get some players in, but, um, and then, you know, if Spurs had a pretty good start to the season, winning their first three matches, beating City, and then it's been downhill ever since. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think he's in the camp. I, I think he's he's got to go. Uh, I'm giving him the short end of the stick. It seems as if he hasn't been able to get the tactics right for sure. I mean, in the, in the match he started, Ben Davis in uh, Gio Lo Celso, who has been out of form for Spurs at least, over Tangy Dombele, who has been picking up some form. Uh, so it, it, it was a mainly a sort of defensive lineup. looked like he's playing for the draw, and we've seen him do that in, in the big matches against the big clubs. And uh, the, the one constant here is that even though he plays defensively, we lose 3-0. Three, three <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, he seems to have an issue with that. And um, it also added to the fact that I think, yeah, he's, players don't seem like they're listening to what he's got to say. When the, I've, you know, I've seen Spurs play pretty poorly for the majority of my fandom. You know, it's been a long time. and But it, it's something about this here specifically. It just looks like when players – it looks like there's 11 men on the pitch and they're all just playing – you know, their own sort of game. There doesn't seem to be any cohesion. They're not pressing in the midfield. You know, we got Fred, who is notorious for being bad on the ball. Uh, We're giving him acres of space to run into and not pressing him at all. Harry Kane, like I said, he's having a beer at halftime, it seems. I don't know. You know, he's thinking about what's for dinner or something like that. Um, And it just doesn't look good on the club. And that culminated with the fact that I don't think you know, because Nuno's gotten the short end of the stick, even though he should be given time, like I said, I don't think he will be given time just because how ugly things are with the Kane situation, with the fallout of the Super League situation, with, the, you know, the poor run of games, which no doubt won't help. But um, and the fact that he was, you know, 16th or 15th on the list of, a list of managers, uh, you know, for the job and plays similar to how Mourinho played or you would think. So it's a whole lot of things, and I think obviously there are like specific things that you could say gives a manager a deserved sacking, and you know, but also I think it's like a club by club basis, and the situation at hand I think will will uh will call for his his sacking I think. But I mean that's all I'll say on that. I don't want to. I already bored you guys with that for the last fifteen minutes, so I won't do that again. And that's I, that. I think he's, I think he's gone. That's all I'm gonna say. I think he's gone. It just comes off as a bit tacky if he does get sacked like how many managers in two two and a half seasons uh yeah so i mean since potch has been gone um, Mourinho got a bit of a tenure with the COVID season but yeah three managers in 2019 potch was still in on the job that's that's you know less than two years ago uh he would get sacked around this time 2019 so yeah it's the 1920 season yeah so three four managers if you include Ryan Mason, who might get a second chance at the job. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, so, yeah, about three or four managers in, in under two years. And, yeah, man, it's the it's the Spurs. It's like it's like negative Chelsea. You know, Chelsea sack managers left and right, and they succeed because of it. And Spurs sack managers left and right and do the opposite. Now, to put a pin on this, if we come back here next Sunday and drop an episode on Monday, I still see Nuno as manager. I know you don't, but I still see him as the manager this time next week. Yeah, and it's very much likely. I'm gonna go on record and say he's gone. I think just similar to Ole, the only reason he does stay, if he does stay, is that they can't find the manager to replace him. You know, in that time, and I think that's what's going on with Ole. And I mean, United might have a better shot at getting a, a better manager or a manager that they would like. And Spurs, who, uh, you know, like I said, if we all remember, just a couple months ago in the summertime, ran through a list of 10, 11, 12 guys. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. The last thing I want to talk about in the Premier League, because you spoke about a lot, I'm fancying what West Ham are doing. West Ham yeah, has in in Fuego. Before this weekend's ass-whooping of Aston Villa, they faced Man City in the League Cup, knocking them out of the competition 5-3 via penalties. It's Manchester City. They are the Caribou Cup kings within the last four editions. West Ham put an end to it. The celebration Ben Rama did with the fans was cold. 
I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then they beat Aston Villa 4-1 today. Four different their boots. Oh, my goodness. That was like the perfect meeting of Villa having poor form and West Ham just being on fire. And that result is exactly what you saw. They were the dominant team 90 minutes on. They scored as late as the 88th minute. I mean, they looked as early as the seventh. Jeez. But yeah, I just wanted to make that acknowledgement. West Ham has been cooking the competition lately. Part of the competition includes Manchester United, by the way. And they're doing pretty hot in the Europa League as well. We had this conversation about Real Sociedad, who are leaders of La Liga. Let's have it with West Ham. I know they're in Europe now. By the looks of it, they might make Europe again. Will it be Champions League? I don't know. Will it? Um, it's a long season. I think uh, uh, they very much can do it. Um, they could even go far in the Europa League. They're undefeated now there. But in regards to finishing top four, we know top three spots are locked off. Man United absolutely leaving the door open for that second spot or that, that last spot. Um, and they're better than Arsenal. They're better than Spurs. They're better than Leicester. Um, and they might be on par with Brighton, or they're probably better than Brighton, to be fair. They absolutely can finish fourth. I don't think that they will, though. I don't think so. And you could call it hating, but I think that's exactly what it is, actually. <laughs> I don't think they will. It would be nice to see. We'll see what happens when we cross that bridge. Absolutely. They're blowing oh. bubbles in Champions League nights. <laughs> the bubbles are blowing, y'all. Um, but you mentioned Sociedad. Shall we? Shall we make our way over to Spain? Let's do it. They right. drew Athletic Club Bilbao in the Basque Derby, El Derby Basco, one-one. It was a goalkeeping mistake that pretty much sealed the equalizer. But they still remain atop the table. The points difference is no longer three; instead, it is just one. As Real Madrid are hounding right behind them, they won on the weekend as well, beating Elche 2-1 after a midweek scoreless draw to Osasuna. Um, And I think Madrid sit with a game in hand as well. A game in hand as well. They're level on points with Sevilla, who also have a game in hand. Yeah, it's looking like they might lose that top spot at some point. In the near future, um, yeah, yep. hopefully they can say top four, but we'll see. Yeah, I think they better gun for top four. Um, this, as we said last week, this is still the season to do so. Madrid will most likely overtake them uh, when they play their game in hand at some point. Um, but hopefully, hopefully they can stay up there. I'd love, I'd love to see it. Absolutely, would love to see it. Yeah, man, and it's a Real Madrid team who, yes, they get their wins. But sometimes they give us the scoreless draw with Osasuna. Like it's not, it's not really all that consistent. Yeah, and, and that's the that's the risk you take, I guess, with the with the uh, with the clubs that are, I guess, not known to be up there. But anything can happen, um, especially this season, right? Oh, and Barcelona drew Deportivo Alaves one one. Oof, not surprising at this point. (laughs) They're sitting on 16 points in ninth. Do Barcelona, I mean, obviously they're going to replace Coleman. um, But, yeah, their chances of of finishing in maybe a European spot, not over and done with so early on in the league. But I want to be the hot take guy so bad, but I won't. I'm going to chill. Yeah, there's a chance. Yeah, I'm a chill. Oh, I can we can at least admit that the chance is real, and it's, not and that's, just jokes. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing. Yeah, yeah, you hit it on the head. Per- great point. Just the fact that this is a conversation is nuts. I mean, they're, yeah, like you said, sixteen points. They're you know more than five, more than five points away from fifth place. Six off of fourth already. The the you know the uh, the gap is building. I'm not mad if we see that top four at the end of the season, Real. La Real, Sevilla, and Atleti. In whatever order, I don't know. Preferably not Real Madrid winning it. But whatever order, as Spencer says, hate, 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 sma. Is he defending Barcelona? Wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) 
it is what it is it is what it is for real for real um yeah i mean that looks like la liga action uh still rocking with rayo the real madrid team yeah get it we'll see what happens there in la liga but uh you mentioned uh buying getting their asses whipped uh in the polka or poker i said polka is it poker or polka polka okay damn i had it um yeah maybe uh you know it's german so i get it yeah it, it is what it is but um yeah i mean speaking of underdogs in that uh forget Bayern. uh we've got freiburg who still are undefeated sitting in third place now we you know we associate that slowed down having the draw this weekend freiburg uh would get the dub this weekend uh over first three one but you made a great point that this dream ride could be coming to an end pretty soon <laughs> as, they, as they play munich on saturday <laughs> yeah man it was fun while it lasted there we go but we'll see if they can hold on it would be nice to see them hold on of course but all and if we're being realistic it might not they're sitting in third at the moment behind dortmund and bayern and ahead of leverkusen and mainz leverkusen rounds out the top four um We'll see if they can, you know, continue this magic against Munich. That's the way the cookie crumbles in Bundesliga. Um, next league. Should we talk about some cookies crumbling in Serie A, courtesy of Sassuolo Juve, or should we? All right, let's talk about the Eredivisie. <laughs> yeah, the Eredivisie. Yeah. the league. <laughs> um, Juve um, have been trashed this week. Join the club, fam. Hey, man, it's a club I haven't seen before. I'm like a girl <sighs> who just moved into a new neighborhood. Like, what is this? Um, wait, wait. <laughs> Where is the Starbucks? <laughs> <laughs> Why is there um, a cat in his bodega? Hey, man, El Colmado de la 36 <laughs> So, What is El Colmado? Um, <laughs> but it was a Sassuolo. Sassuolo is a better team. They were the better team on the day. Stats might say otherwise. Had fewer possession. Um, got fewer shots off. More shots on target though. But they looked the better side. Weston McKinney did equalize it. But um, Maxi Lopez with a beautiful game winner to put Juve to bed. And it sucks because those kids Juve wore, those old black ones, were beautiful, man. You got washed in some beautiful-ass kids. Then, <laughs> it didn't, That's funny. If it were that beach ball-looking shit, I understand. But it, it didn't get any better when Giovanni Simeone, four-minute brace on Juve in the first half. Again, Wesley McKinney scored for Juve, but another 2-1 final. That's all Juventus lose. Again, and other beautiful kids. But, um, yeah, man, it's hard talking about Juve, you know, being trash. Not only because it's been a long time since Juve's been trash, but I'm not using this positioning, man. Like, Verona's above us in the table. Fiorentina are above Juve in the table. They, they got work to do, man. And the next round of matches, they can easily, you know, go to shit. Zenit in the Champions League. Right before the break, it's Fiorentina. And do we not see um, Dusan Vlahovic put out the hat-trick today? Oh, every time he scores, I, I, I think, why couldn't we get him? Why, Lord? The man put up a hat-trick on Spezia. And that man is not letting up in his goal-scoring tally. He is just not. So that's going to be a match I am shitting bricks for. Then on the back end of the international break, it's Lazio. And then it's Atalanta with Chelsea sandwiched in between in the Champions League. Well, I mean, and one bright they, spot is Juve's been pretty good in the Champions League, yeah? I mean, they have, yes. But, you know, I just hope that it's a run of form that doesn't carry into the Champions League. I don't know if it's tactics by Allegri. Um, 
I don't know if it's a Nuno case where he's losing people. Um, I know Juve are in the midst of a rebuild, but yeah, man, it's it's a bit difficult times, man. And you know, if I'm speaking like LV, you know, things are definitely not in the right shape. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Maybe the Super League hangover. Um, it's been a long one, but I feel like unlike Spurs, I mean, I guess I'm going to be a hypocrite here. It seems like Allegri is the man you do give some time to because he's proven, proven there, proven in that league, proven in that with that team. I think it, I think it does take time. But I mean, you know. Yeah, man. But Juve Fiorentina. I'm gonna definitely watch that match on Saturday. Hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. If LV's taught me but anything, it's that. Facts. Now mine's kind of turning into hope for the best and know the worst is coming. I'm not even prepared. I just know it's coming. There you go. So, as you can see by my predictions pick this week. Oh, look at that. Oh, when you hate to be right. Hate to be right. Speaking of predictions, one of the predictions you made was you and Spencer made. Roma and Milan drawing. Milan won the game 2-1. Zlatan Ibrahimovic scoring. Frank Kessie netting on penalty. And then El Shirawi scoring in stoppage time of the second half. But it was Milan who had the much better game. Showed us why they're undefeated in Serie A. Staying hot on Napoli's tail. Um... Uh, not doing, they're actually doing horribly in the Champions League, as you it's mentioned poor. earlier off the pod. But uh, <laughs> they're pulling off what Inter did last season. Yeah, and by that logic, I mean they're going hard in, in Serie A. Maybe falling out of the Champions League would be a blessing in disguise for them. They just got to somehow do what Inter did and not make it to the Europa League either, which is absolutely possible. Napoli, like you you just mentioned, Milan's right behind them. Napoli is. Pulling away, it seems, with this league, it feels like. They defeated Salernitana, and they defeated Bologna in the midweek. Napoli, they are out here. They're out here, man. They are serious contenders, man. Do you, could you see them fucking up at any point? Um, I'll say this. Uh, with AC Milan, if you remember last season when Inter kind of started running away, they didn't run away with it until, like, January, February when – um, you know, that's when AC Milan sort of started falling off, but they were neck and neck up into that point. So, uh, we're not seeing anything new from AC Milan here in the fact that they're ch- challenging for the Napoli. Uh, no, I mean, in, in regards to, um, just you know, with AC being right behind Napoli, I could see Napoli holding it down if you just look at their, you know, stats. I hate to look at just stats, but, um, Milan and Napoli have pretty much exactly the same amount of goals. Milan's got two more. They got the same amount of points, same amount of wins, obviously no losses. And the difference here is that Napoli doesn't concede goals at all. Three on the season after 11 matches played in the league, which is, I mean, I think is a a sign that you point to that I think, yeah, I don't see them making a mistake. I think they're holding firm. They don't need to worry about, uh, you know, Champions Leagues and things of that nature. Um, obviously in the Europa League. I think that they, yeah, they could absolutely put in this season where, you know, Inter's looks like not necessarily they're in shambles, but they, you know, they don't look like they did last season, obviously, um, for many reasons. Uh, Roma under Jose Mourinho can surprise you, but they've been falling off considerably. It seems like, uh, you know, the Mourinho effect is just getting scrunched, you know, into from three seasons to one season to, to four months. And then obviously Juve rebuilding. So, yeah, I mean, I, that long-winded rant just to say that AC Milan and Napoli will be neck and neck. I think AC still has the capacity to fall off more than Napoli does. So, One last thing on Napoli. Their Halloween kits are beautiful, man. I love it. All these festive kits. Um, you know Black what? Yeah, well, spider webs. Yeah, the, everything's a money grab, but as long as it looks good. And... It's funny that you mentioned that because Napoli has been known to be have, have like funky kits forever. Y'all remember when they had the uh, the camo kit way back when Cavani was was there and they had. I like it. Yeah, you know they they're kind of good with the funky kits. Last season they had an Argentina style kit. 
Yeah, they, so who's ever uh, creative directing their kids, keep it keep it going, fam. Probably mentioned the uh, league. Uh, for some reason, um, Pochettino still getting the the pressure, uh, you know, hot seat treatment, even though PS, PSG's winning games still. Uh, I mean, we we saw Paris beat Lille this past weekend uh, in a late comeback win, courtesy of Marquinhos. It wasn't and, a uh, convincing win, and I think that's the problem. Right. And I think it depends on how you look at it. Half glass, half four, glass, half empty. They're still winning games. They're still bagging three points. They're still pretty much clear of, you know, anybody around them in Liga, but they're not blowing teams out as folks maybe assume they would. Messi has played more minutes, I think, for Argentina than he has for PSG this season, it seems. And that might not be absolutely true. Spencer, maybe you could correct me. But uh, obviously, he's taken off from the Champions League. You know, that's when it looks like when the lights are brightest. Those three uh, guys kind of, and by three guys, I mean, obviously, Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi uh, kind of show out. But in the league, yeah, they're just quietly, you know, winning uh, matches. And, you know, they're c- currently sitting nine points, you know, adrift of anybody else. But, yeah, it doesn't look convincing, as you said. And for that reason, Pochettino's getting the, he's not the guy for the job. Sack him. Like, I wish I had those problems. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just wanted to quickly mention that. And then also, yeah, some statements from Neymar that I saw this this weekend. Of course, it was reported by Marca, the, probably the pettiest publication in sports. I don't know. No, yeah, uh, I'll have to correct you there, fam. It is El Chiringuito. <laughs> El Chiringuito, the guy. You, you, saw, <laughs> you saw the whole countdown clock when Messi became a free fan? Yes. Fan? That shit was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that shit felt like 24 with Jack Bauer. Fan. The man in a black room. All you see is his shadow. Like, And that's the presenter. Yo, I man. Think he's, the pettiest. I stand corrected. But Marka, <laughs> but Marka, one is, of the, up there. Marka is up there. One of the most petty publications, Marka. Uh, and even then, on, I would put it behind the sun. And, yeah, the sun does catch everything. Dele Ali with... Uh, Love Island contestants and stuff. I'm like, thank you. I didn't know I needed this. <laughs> Anywho, uh, Neymar. Neymar, it was reported by Mark that Neymar had some words for his uh, quote-unquote critics uh, saying that y'all need to focus on what I do on the pitch, not off the pitch. Uh, he said, y'all, you know, I speak of respect. And I quote, Neymar says, I speak of respect because people say, ah, Neymar doesn't take care of himself. Neymar is this. Neymar is that. Um which he, he said in an interview uh, with a YouTube channel, Fuer Clear, I said that wrong as hell. He goes on to say, how can you be at the top for 12 years without taking care of himself? That sounds terrible. Uh, he says, nobody gets that. Uh, I know how to take care of myself. I have a physio and a fitness coach with me practically 24 hours a day. What for? For no reason? Uh, he, and then he carried on, I won't quote him specifically, but went on to say that he goes out when he when he can. Uh, he goes out when he's when it's possible, when he knows he doesn't have training the next day. He said, I'm not going to stop doing any of that kind of stuff. What is the problem? And then threw the gauntlet down on critics, said, you got to criticize me for what I do on the pitch. There I allow you to speak, is what he said, but not for what I do off of it. I should add in that he said, he, talking about his past, uh, I guess, lifestyle choices and mistakes, he said, I have already been wrong several times. If I could change some things, obviously I would to have different attitude. But then said, maturity is coming gradually. Uh, he said, it does not mean that at the age of 30, you are practically perfect, mature. Do we have any thoughts or is this a to be fair? I don't care. To be fair, I don't care. Solving Bullets knows what's up. Sure does. <laughs> Never in, wrong. All right, uh, but in all seriousness, though, as the resident Neymar critique here of the Misfits, I don't criticize a man of off the field shit. I don't give a fuck. On the field shit is, you know, where I can be critical. Also, name my response to a lot of shit. Like, leave. If they call you fat, leave them alone. Like, you, you know you're not fat. <laughs> just just keep on playing the footy. Fuck them. But, you know, he has a response to everything. But, oh, well. And Spencer says, hater. Wait, who's the hater? But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, uh, Ronnie, to shoot you some bail. Because I, I was going to disagree and say, yeah, you do be coming out of off-pitch stuff. But to be fair to you... You, you're usually critiquing his reactions to folks critiquing him for off-the-pitch stuff. Yeah, like, mm. when he when he says something about what someone else says, when Twitter was calling him fat, and he went at that, like, I couldn't care less if he's at his, at his sister's birthday party in Brazil the night before the Champions League, 
round of 16 match. I couldn't care about all that shit. I'm, I've never been a fan because of the on-the-field antics, and that's where my critique usually comes from. But whether or not he's doing all that shit, I don't give a fuck. I, I just don't. Yeah. I do. I will say that he has a point. I mean, for the most part, he's, he has been pretty much top of his profession for the better part of a decade. Still putting that work. I think he's had moments where uh, it kind of, I wouldn't say fell off, but wasn't doing as good as maybe he thought he could or would. But uh, the last couple of seasons, he's been coming, making that comeback and really being, you know, that that guy, if you will. But uh, yeah, he he, he uh, got to stay off the net, I guess, sometimes. Because, I mean, do you think that maybe he could be better than he already is if he didn't focus on things like that? Maybe. That's pretty much it for on the field stuff, if I can, if I can remember. Yeah, we got through pretty much all the big hits. So, that being said, if I'm understanding things properly, because you know it takes me a while to comprehend these things. <laughs> are you saying it's that time? You are picking up what I'm putting down, Ronnie. It is BS <laughs> for the week. Time. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> hey, love that. Admittedly, coming into this. We both said we didn't have BSs of the week. Yeah, man, it's been one of those weeks. I really, I haven't seen anything that I could call out aside from like Nuno being a robot and Daniel Levy looking like Mister the guy from the uh, Austin Powers. But you know, I've, I've, how many times am I gonna make that joke? So yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. I thought I had nothing, but the moment we were talking about Napoli's spider kits is when I realized. I actually do have a BS of the week. I told this on Instagram. And um, it's going out to ESPN FC. And not the punditry, but I saw this on Instagram. ESPN FC put up a collage of the four Venezia kits. The black one, the white one with a gradient, the light blue one. And recently they just released a red fourth kit. Apparently, ESPN edited the pictures or something to the disdain of Venezia. Their English account, verified English account, and I quote, Why is ESPN editing these photos? <laughs> oh! <laughs> Uh-oh. Guess the fashion photographers from Venice and Milan needed someone in the world art capital, Bristol, Connecticut, to apply the finishing touch. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Could you imagine Bristol, Connecticut being the art capital of the war? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> Holy shit, that was, that was a funny clap back. And then Eurosport Rush is trying to, you know, be cute. And apply the ultra heavy um, saturation on these photos. <laughs> Finish <It> is, um... <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah, man. And um, I guess I could give BS of the week as well to people trying to give relevance to Wanda Icardi and Mauro's relationship struggles. I couldn't give a fuck. To be fair, I don't care. And if we're being, if we're keeping it a hundred. Wanda should have known what's up. How did she end up with him? That's all I'm going to say. Uh-oh. That's all I'm going to say. LVT. Yes. All right. All right. You know what? I, I can throw in two small BSs of the week. Oh. Something like Late additions. Uh, all right. So my first one uh, will go toward the Leicester City fans. Giving uh, Arsenal's new keeper, Aaron Ramsdale, some shit as he's uh, behind the sticks. As Arsenal would beat Leicester 2-0. They're... They're over here saying their chance, something along the lines of you'll never be uh, England's number one, something like that. Trying to get in his head, if you will. But where they fucked up, every time they talk shit to this guy, he just got better and better and better to the point where, you know, he made probably one of the best saves I've seen this season. And there was a moment in the match that was the funniest part. He gets the ball, you know, typical goalkeeper uh, and, and sends it, you know, basically to the midfield clears it and as he clears it he just turns around and the biggest smile i've ever seen and goes yeah to the uh leicester city fan so uh yeah i mean listen you got to do what you got to do you got to heckle the players but 
BS of the week. Yeah, already down 2 0, Leicester fans uh, just hating on Aaron Ramsdale. He was the wrong guy to pick on that day. He was playing like prime Pepe Reina, fam. I couldn't believe it. Eh, soft BS of the week, but I got one more. And this other one goes to Scott Parker. <laughs> Mr. Cardigan himself. Uh, although his uh, AFC Bournemouth are on fire in the championship. Uh, there's one thing that I think he, he may regret forever, and it's that benching Alexandra Mitrovic while he was at Fulham. Uh, this boy can't stop scoring, and uh, Fulham are loving it. Obviously, Scott Parker didn't love him, as I believe he bagged a hat-trick today. He's on 18 goals now in the championship in 15 games. That's ridiculous. Uh, so, BS of the Week, Scott Parker, Mr. Cardigan uh, wearing... Not knowing what a striker looks like. Maybe if you kept the man in your side, you might have stayed up in the Premier League. But I'm sure Scott Parker doesn't care because his team is top of the league in the championship at the moment. Neither here nor there. In fairness, Mitrovic always scores for Fulham. Whether or not they go up or go down, he's always Absolutely. not the one consistent. Yeah, and Scott Parker, I guess, didn't care to recognize that or there must have been some beef there because... He looks even better, as he said, and I quote, he's in the best, I'm in the best form of my life, is what he said. And it, it's, Fulham fans will let you know, he, he's showing it. But, as I said, soft BS of the week, I had to throw something in the ring. Yeah, and I'm not mad about that. Yeah, that being said, I mean, Ronnie, before, we could sit here all day and find BS of the week, I'm sure. So before we do, uh, you want to go ahead and sign the boys off? Thank you for listening to episode 65 of the Footy Misfits. Thanks for interacting with us and listening to the podcast on a weekly basis. We love y'all. We mean it. Episode 66 is right around the corner. So for the good brothers, LV and Spencer, I go by the name of Ronnie. We will see you then. Stay strong. Be brave. Don Francisco Presenta. Adios, gente. Hasta <laughs> gracias, Don Francisco presenta el sancocho de mami.